What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ready Fight. This is Matt. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Laura. How are you? Good morning. And Scott, how are you? What's up? All right, so uh, this week uh, we are doing The Matrix. That's right, the mind-blowing 1999 film featuring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and a bunch of other people. 1999. It it doesn't feel that old but that was 17 17 years years ago yeah i mean well if you look at keanu reeves face i mean he's so he's really young in the movie yeah it's like bill and ted keanu reeves looks young but matrix keanu reeves still looks pretty freaking young still a face you want to punch (laughs) really oh my god no all right well we'll get into that we'll get into that for sure um before we get into the movie, though, um, for those those people who actually listened to the mini episode last week, which you should have, because it was like twelve minutes, and it's really that's nothing. I mean, that's a that's a that's a, a dump. I mean, that you could listen to it during a healthy dump. Um, uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, I talked about a little bit about why I like kung fu movies, but we didn't get to hear uh, your guys' views on that. So, um, uh, Laura, what what do you like about kung fu movies? Well, so this one's a little tough for me, being that this was only technically the third kung fu movie I've ever seen, and we'll get to this later, but I still have some qualms about calling it a kung fu movie. So, um... I actually agree with you. Yeah, no, so in terms of that, I can't really give you an an opinion on why I like kung fu movies, because I'm just just learning about them, and I'm just sort of getting my footing with them. But I'm excited to see where it will go, because so far I'm enjoying myself. I like the the action and the culture it's very different from my everyday life it is as, as, as far as i know yes you don't you get you're not you're not to, walking around beating up bad guys all right you both just asked me questions at the same time Sorry. but no i'm not beating up bad guys and no i'm not getting challenges from kung fu masters i wish i was um i think that i might be able to quit my job and live a much more exciting life but you know, we'll see. We'll see where this takes me and, and the path I go down with, with this podcast. <laughs> all right, great answer. This podcast can only show you the door, but you have to walk through it. I'm ready. That's brilliant. That's something a kung fu master would say too. Laura, that was a line in in the movie you just watched. Was it? <laughs> Not to. I, I will say I started drinking a little early yesterday. When we watched, I was also it. drinking during this. Yeah. During the watching of this movie. Sorry. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that drinking during this movie uh, significantly alters the experience, but it definitely doesn't take away anything. So why not? Yeah, and yeah, it is a Saturday. So, Scott, why do you love kung fu movies? Good question. Um, I mean, there's just something about, like, the the kung fu hero that they're just this uh, sort of idealistic representation of, you know, the person everyone wishes they could be. You know, they're, they're just this sort of in, infallible good guy that, you know, always seems to make the right moral choice. And, you know, people can't do that in, in everyday life. So, you know, when I watch these movies, it's it's nice to to be able to just like sit back and, and enjoy the story of this, you know, great guy who's, who's doing great things. Um, so, you know, I definitely connect with that. I, I think that, you know, that's a very cool character type. All right. I feel yeah. like kung fu movies need the anti-hero a little bit more. There's not enough movies with an anti-hero in it. Yeah. Sort of that's like just my, the, that's just my personal view. 
Again, yeah. I haven't seen enough to have an opinion on that, but I'll take your word for it. Well, you will. Believe me. Oh, okay, Matt. Yeah, by, I think, by the way. I think, though, like, when, you know, movies do do that, you know, they could do it really well when you look at, You like, just said doo-doo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, heavy on the poop jokes. Um, but, like, if you look at, like, Fearless or something, you know, definitely a, an anti-hero, but, you know, it still works out really well. For sure. Um, all right. By the way, guys, happy National Siblings Day. Happy National Happy Siblings National Day. Sibling Day. For yeah. those of you, out, actually, everyone listening to this knows our relation to, to each other. So let's, I mean, there's no strangers out there yeah. listening Happy to this National show. Sibling Day um, to the brother I didn't want nor need. Oh, that's adorable. That's okay. cold. So <laughs> a little uncalled for on National Sibling Day, but okay. Eh, I meant so it from the bottom of my heart. Let's, let's get into the movie. Um, okay. The Matrix. Now, Laura, you said something earlier that I realized during the watching of this movie. Uh, there's a lot less kung fu than I remember having seen this movie. I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times. I mean, it's on IFC a lot, and every time it's on, I throw it on. And when I'm watching it on cable, it's a completely different experience than watching it you know, just on its own with no commercials or anything from beginning to end. Right. I feel like I like it better when it's on TV. Am I weird for thinking that? I, I Do you get the sense that whenever you turn it on on TV, it's always on the fighting scenes? Yes, I do, actually. Because if you think about it, there's really only maybe there's, you know, the dojo sparring scene. There's when Morpheus fights Smith. Um, great, great fight scene, by the way, the bathroom fight. Very dusty fight. <laughs> this whole movie, it, I wrote this down in my like. What part of the city it, are they taking? Are they, where are these buildings? Every building is this opulent like nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties hotel that there's just plenty of them. Looks like it has been abandoned yeah. for like eighty five years. It's actually uh, it's actually interesting that you say that because uh, I was looking into trivia on this movie a little bit and. Um, you know, this film, it was filmed in uh, Australia, uh, in Sydney, apparently. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And it, it's it not sounds like it's to be, supposed to be Chicago. Yeah. Well, here's the th- here's Okay, here's that. I, I, I also heard that because um, all the, street, the streets that they reference are Chicago streets because that's where the Wachowskis are from. Okay. But right. it's not supposed to be any specific city. Oh. Um, and there's... There's a lot of great trivia on this. Um, one of them, it says this is shot almost entirely in Sydney. The location scouts found it very difficult to find burned out American ghetto looking locations. And many of the urban decay locations that you're talking about had to be created from scratch. Oh, so they yeah. Essentially I, just I like, assume that these were, yeah, you know, designed sets, buildings. but, right. <laughs> you know, literally every I, building I they saying. are in is like disgusting. <laughs> um, but it looks like it had, you know, once upon a time been like the nicest place in the city. Well, I think that that might be part of like the symbolism or n- not really symbolism, but like that's that's what the real world is. Um, well, let's let's kind of give a, a, a very brief description of, of this movie. Um, so uh, essentially it begins with Trinity played by Carrie Ann Moss, uh, who. I think I think I read in the trivia also that this this when she saw the first cut of this movie it was the first time she had seen herself in a movie. Oh wow! <laughs> which is weird. Which is weird. It was like um, she show up to set one day by accident and they were like, oh okay. No, yeah, I mean I think she was like a TV actress or something um, in like small parts. But anyway, 
it starts out with her and she's like on the phone or whatever and um, the cops are, are trying to get her and then these agents show up, Agent Smith and the other two guys and they chase her uh, and then she escapes through the phone and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and she's having this conversation on the phone where you have no idea what's happening and then yeah, it cuts I, to Keanu Reeves waking up at his desk. Um, I gotta and, say, the the beginning of the movie has all these very small like tidbits where you know they're kind of dropping info that you can put together later. But it does take them a little while to to start connecting the dots. Laura, what do you think? I I had no fucking clue what was going on for <laughs> twenty five minutes. I'm yeah, right there with you. Yeah, on your like one hundredth viewing of this, you're like, oh yeah, like you know. I know exactly who she's talking about when she says, right. we found if, him, but you know, if the you first watch time this movie, you see it. If you watch this movie with the context of having seen it before, then the, only then do you understand what's happening because there's so much refer- so many references to like what happens throughout right. the movie. Like, for example, um, well, let's just, spoiler alert here, if you haven't seen The Matrix. Uh, the Matrix is a simulated reality. Uh, the real world, it's, it's actually, the movie takes place the simulated world where Keanu Reeves lives in the beginning is 1999. And um, what's actually happening is that um, humans created AI and they took over the human race and, and basically destroyed the world. It's closer to 20. Basically what Stephen Hawking is warning us about right now. Exactly. I mean, this is definitely going to happen. Maybe not in this exact way, but uh, (laughs) But, but, but probably not so far off. Right. So the machines have essentially, um, uh, not enslaved the human race, but like killed most of them. And now they grow humans to give themselves energy to run the machines. Yep. And these humans are, uh, they can't just be brain dead in a, you know, in a thing, uh, as we find out later. Um, there, there has to be some kind of brain activity. Otherwise, otherwise they just all die. Right. So they created the matrix as kind of like a fake reality so that people, um, just, I guess are able to be used as batteries, essentially. Yeah, um, that's Morpheus's speech. Yeah. Is, you know, they boil they boil it down to turning people into batteries. Basically, so big, yeah, big battery taking over. <laughs> the battery industry uh, is thriving in this post-apocalyptic world. It's the only um, industry that exists. Next time you're going to pick up a Duracell, don't. Yeah. So. In the beginning of the movie, though, there's like a lot of like heavy wink references to what eventually happens because uh, when the guy comes knocking at his door to get this disc, which is I guess like pirated, you know, software that he would get, uh, he would get thrown in prison for giving him because Keanu Reeves plays this guy Neo, who's like a hacker, and um, he gives this guy this software, and this guy's like, "What's what's up, man?" And he's like, and Keanu Reeves is like, "Do you ever feel like?" You don't know if you're awake or dreaming. <laughs> That's my Keanu impression. Um, and then he, and then the guy goes, "I think you just need to unplug, man." And I actually started laughing because that's literally what happens to Keanu Reeves. Like twenty minutes later, is he so gets punny. unplugged from his from his 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 uh, juice bed or these his guys, goo, his these, goo bed. Yeah, these guys don't seem like the hacker types. Like, no, no not at all. <laughs> what are they getting? Like credit card numbers? So they can buy more like meth? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so that's basically the gist of the movie. Um, he wakes he wakes Neo up from his slumber and introduces him to the real world. And he eventually tells him that he is the one who is this guy who can change anything in the Matrix and manipulate anything in the Matrix and eventually will be the key to winning the rebellion against the machines. 
So that's that's really the the yeah. main drive in a, of the in movie. In a nutshell, uh, that is Neo is the one. Right. Um, I don't remember why we got into this, um, other than the fact that we had to. But we were talking about something um, that maybe I think, think we we're just it. just doing a, a high level recap to get into some of the, you know the yeah. Let's let's get into the nitty gritty. So, um, one thing I noticed the the club that he goes to um, to you know get out with the the meth heads looks like the most horrible place on the planet. <laughs> and he looks like he's having just the best time. Yeah, he's like sulking in the corner, like. <laughs> not not having fun at all. Well, and he went there under the pretenses that it would be fun. She, Trinity, specifically said, come, it will be fun. And it cuts the scene, and it looks like the least fun club. Yeah, Everyone, well, that lady, that weird lady was oh, like, Oh, right, it wasn't Trinity. It was, yeah. the ran- it was the girl with the rabbit. Everyone must have been on Molly. They had to be. No, they were on Mescaline. That's what the, remember the guy said? Oh, the guy you're said right. Mescaline. But it sounded like so loud. Like, how can you have a conversation? <laughs> and also, this movie is, I wrote this down. It's so fucking 90s, dude. It's like, he's got the huge computer monitor in his apartment, the floppy <laughs> disks. Um, Rob Zombie is playing at the club. Like, <laughs> this movie is so freaking 90s. It's crazy. Everyone needs a good Rob Zombie playlist. Jeez, also, also, you know what's very '90s about it? Um, so, so basically, he's at his office the next day um, after the club, and he gets a delivery, which is a cell phone, which you know kind of cracks. Oh my me god, up. I wanted that cell phone. I said that was every kid in the world who saw this movie wanted that cell phone, where the the little receiver like shot out the back. Like, I thought that was. Probably the greatest technological invention of all time. Well, it's funny you say that because having not seen it in the 90s and seeing it now, it just reminded me of every drug dealer friend I had in high school. That was the phone <laughs> they had. It was like a pay-as-you-go phone that they could like throw away the next week and get many, a new one. How many drug dealer friends did you have? Enough to have seen them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember everyone was like, I want that phone. Like, give me the phone that slides down. Um but now it's just like <laughs> if somebody gave that to you doesn't hold up you'd be like what the fuck is this what am i supposed to do with this yeah that does not that does not hold up at all and then so you know morpheus is on the phone with him and is like very vague the the whole neo is very trusting at the beginning of this movie you know trinity's like go yeah. to the club um you know wait for our call like morpheus is watching you and then morpheus is like hey climb out onto this ledge and uh, go up to the roof. Um, yeah, I, I hear that. But at the same time, there's a little bit of context that's implied that like Neo has been trying to figure out what the Matrix is and like yeah, that's true. researching Morpheus and like wanting to meet Morpheus for like a long time. So like you got to you got to assume, I think, that he's he's at a point where when he finally finds this guy or this guy gets in contact with him, he's going to do whatever he can to like get in with him. Um I think that's I think that's reasonable. I guess, but like he doesn't ask any like any questions at all. That's true. That's nothing to even confirm that it's actually Morpheus. Right. It just could have been some rando yeah, trolling that's, him. That's true. That's I true. I also think it's it's a little weird that the the window in the high rise opens. <laughs> I don't think they make yeah. it like that anymore. <laughs> well, back in the nineties I think they probably still did and then, you know, they they were like too many people jumped out of windows with their Cube, cube monkey life and, and uh his so they cube sealing his, him up. his cube is like the most depressing looking cube not a picture no, <laughs> no, no color 
I was wondering, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I was actually wondering like what his backstory is because does he have a family yeah like later on when he's in the car with um trinity and switch and they're like trying to get the the bug out of his stomach and he's about to like leave the car right this is so stupid he's like he's gotten this far and she's like take your shirt off and he's like what and she's like look it's our way or the highway and he's like fine and then he gets ready to leave it's like wait what do you yeah mean? right he doesn't you, question now, it gonna, when, now you're gonna leave just because they were a little bit like harsh with you right like he doesn't question it's, it when they tell him yeah. to like jump take out the a, window. To jump out the window and take a lift to the roof but take your shirt off mm, no yeah right and why and is he Trinity, even scared he's he, he's looking good like <laughs> i know i know and then and then but then trinity is like you've been down that road before you know where it goes you don't want to be there and i'm like i'm thinking like what's happened to neo in his life that's gotten him to this point like I wouldn't want to see a movie about his backstory. I just want to know about his backstory, even yeah, though no. it's uh, You need some fake. fanfic? Yeah, like some Neo fanfic. I, I'm sure it exists. Tell, I'm never... sure. I couldn't tell if, if she was being literal, like literally that road, or if it was like a metaphor to like, <laughs> you don't want to... It was wanna, a metaphor, man. You know, like you're going to go down that road and just go back to your life. Like I think it's the metaphor of like the lonely road. Okay. Because yeah, I know. I know. I get, I get what you're saying where, you know, did... Does he actually know where this road goes? And it's like a neighborhood he doesn't want to yeah, go down. Or, um, but yeah, yeah he, he's he's pretty trusting. And then they suck that worm out of him, which, you know, I remember when I first saw this movie in you know, seventeen Ugh. years ago, when the little worm like goes into his stomach. Yeah, like, I thought that was jumped disgusting. over the part where the worm goes in. But holy shit, I was not prepared for that. And to be completely honest. I'm amazed that this movie got as much popularity as it did with that in there because it was horrible. Well, it was it was, like was the, huge. the top grossing no, R-rated I movie know. of all time until I think like a few weeks ago, right? When Deadpool came out. I don't know if this held the crown. I I, I think uh, Deadpool just overtook it for like. I mean, I know Deadpool is it, but I didn't. I, I had no idea that. Either way, that scorpion worm thing was fucking gross. It reminded me of when yeah. I got my belly button pierced. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like um and scott we, we saw this movie in theaters i believe in florida so. if you remember we were visiting our our grandpa so i was 12 at the time i don't know yeah it must have been i know what that would make you 11 like yeah. 11 or 11 or 10 or something like that but i remember seeing it and walking out of theater and being like i don't know what what that was about <laughs> like, i had no idea what it was about no way was that your first rated r movie no, no, our first rated R movie was Eraser. No, remember? Oh, oh. In theaters. Oh, in theaters, yeah. Uh, but I was talking about the first R-rated movie ever was The Negotiator on, on cable. Digital oh, cable. I don't know. I thought no, I mine was Con Air of 6. <laughs> I always think nice. that's hilarious. My dad got in a lot of trouble for that one. But we digress. We digress. Let's get, ba- let's get back to it. Um, uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I... This movie um, was huge when it came out. Like, everyone was doing the bullet dodge thing. You know, like when, when yeah. uh, Neo later on, he's like doing the whole uh, twisting. Like, everyone copied that. Like, 20 movies and, t- and like video games, like Max Payne and like right. all these other movies copied it within like three years. Yeah, this thing, it's funny because you don't think that long ago things were so. You know, so much older, but this movie really did you know break a lot of ground that you know in a genre that's been for sure. around for forever. Um, but you know, I I thought it was it it still when I looked at it, 
you know, I think they do such a great job of making the, like the real world, like not the Matrix world, like so dark and and miserable looking. Um, it's funny you say that because they actually use two different color filters for the real world and for the Matrix world. Interesting. Uh, wait, let me let me just find the the trivia section on this real quick. Um, yeah, they. They definitely, they used, um, I think I want to say they used blue for the real world and they used green for the yeah. uh, matrix. Everything definitely has like a greenish. Yeah, they used the tint for that. tint in the matrix, yeah. And then, and then the scene um, where Neo and Morpheus are sparring, they used yellow because it's neither the real world nor the matrix world. It's, a, oh. it's just an in-between program. So hmm. it's, like little, it's like little things like that that like make this movie really cool. Yeah, I I thought overall the movie still visually was looked really good. The one thing that I thought did not look good was that part when they when his mouth like melts together when they're putting the the uh, worm yeah. in. That's the it scariest looked, part of the movie for me. It looked like they took the blur tool on paint and just like blurred his mouth closed. <laughs> it did not look good. But you know, again, the CGI it was nice in this movie, The CGI in this movie is better than the CGI in the second movie. Oh, without a doubt. I remember the first time I saw the second movie in theaters. I guess I was just like wasn't really paying attention that hard, but like I didn't notice just how bad the CGI was until I did, you know, the second or, or third viewing um, of the Matrix Reloaded. Terrible. When he's like fighting a hundred Agent Smiths in the park. Um, but yeah, this movie actually looks you know, really good. You, you have to be looking, I think, pretty pretty closely to tell. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, pretty interesting that, you know, these guys were were you know, quite ahead of their time. You know what uh, I want to bring up? There's there's two references to Neo paying his taxes in the beginning right. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> first, first, when um, Agent Smith captures him and he's interrogating him and he's like, he's like, in one life, you're Thomas Anderson. You go to work. You do something. You pay your taxes. You help your landlady take out her garbage. And then later on, when he's talking to Morpheus, he's talking about he's like the Matrix is all around us. When you when you brush your teeth, when you go to sleep, when you pay your taxes, I'm like, why <laughs> are they talking about taxes so much? Like they really, really want us to know that Neo is square with the IRS. Like they actually, don't want us to worry about it. This is a, a fun fact, but the IRS actually bankrolled about five million of this movie to, to get those lines in the kind of subliminal <laughs> message people to pay their taxes. Is that, is that true? No, of course no. not. Okay. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, but look, nothing would, nothing would uh, surprise me because you never know. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happened uh, for this movie. Um, let's pa- play. I want to play a game. There. I want to play a game called who, who was approached to play Neo before Keanu Reeves. Oh, wait, can, oh, we, can we take guesses? Uh, I mean, the you game? can, there's, According to the IMDb trivia, uh, there was like a lot of actors who turned down this role before Keanu Reeves. Yeah, because Keanu Reeves is never the first choice. Do you, do you think these people yeah. who we'll get into in a sec are kicking themselves now or they're like fine with it? No, because some of them read the script and like didn't understand what the movie was about. <laughs> right. Because it's funny like... Which, by the way, they're not the only ones. Um, there, was, there was some in the making of this movie, the Wachowskis submitted the script... And then they to Warner Brothers, and then they asked for eighty million dollars to make it, and they were like, "No, we'll give you 10. 
<laughs> so they took so they took the ten million and made the opening action scene with like Carrie Ann Moss and stuff, and spent the entire ten million to make it. Oh. And then they submitted it to Warner Brothers, and then Warner Brothers was like, "All right, you can have the rest of what you want." And they ended up spending like sixty three million dollars to make the movie. Wow, that's awesome. That's pretty ballsy. Yeah, it is. That's um, a very risky move. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get into. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So um, I don't know if you guys have any. any can we take guesses? guesses? But sure. I mean, guess guess as Scott, much. Scott, you, you go want. first. Um, John Claude Van Damme. No. What? I was gonna go with a different John. I was gonna go with John Cusack. John Cusack? No. <laughs> what the fuck? John Cusack is, is. Oh, who? He's the eternal love of my life. Who was saying that? Um, there was a How did this get made? Where they. They interviewed Danny Trejo. Okay. And he said that John Cusack was one of the scariest, like, like one of the craziest people he's ever worked with. That doesn't surprise me. He said there was this, like, twinkle in his eye, like, you know. It, it, he was saying, like, I think his quote was, like, you know he's seen some stuff or I, something. Like, he was like, I wouldn't mess with him. I have if the anything, deepest that makes me like love. Him more. I have the deepest love for John Cusack. Yeah, and if, if Danny Trejo's saying it, like... I'll believe anything he says, but yeah, I would I would highly recommend checking out that episode because Danny Trejo is the man um, for sure. Um, but uh, Nicholas Cage advertising other podcasts on our podcast. It's all love, man. All love. Nicholas Cage did turn down the part. What? That, that, that <laughs> doesn't surprise Cage, me at acor- all. Look, according I don't know how many of these are real because according to IMDb, like every actor. On Wait, Earth can we get was can we get a list? Brad Pitt. So, let me let me just go through them. Okay. okay. So Nicolas Cage supposedly turned down the part because of family commitments. <laughs> what? Uh, who knows what that means? Tom Cruise was also considered. Oh. It doesn't say whether he was approached or not. Doesn't again, doesn't okay. surprise me. Okay. Will Smith. I think this is actually true. Will Smith was approached to play Neo, but he turned down the offer to star in Wild Wild West. Oh no. And supposedly he later said that at the time he was quote unquote not mature enough as an actor. And that if given the role, he would have messed it up. And that he had no regrets saying that Keanu was brilliant as Neo. Wow. Well, that's nice of him to say. No hard feelings. Yeah, because I wonder, like, it's funny when you think about it. Because this movie was so huge. And, you know, everyone knows Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. But it's not like, you know, Keanu Reeves is on the same, you know, movie star level as, you know, other, like, A-list actors. So, like, if, for example, Will Smith actually did this movie... Would that have been it? Like, like, well, would it really have have mattered? Like, like do, do they regret? Do, do you think they don't regret it because yeah, it was a big one time thing, but it's not like an iconic role, like like a Harry Potter or something like that. Well, I it don't is, think, but Will it Smith is Keanu Reeves' iconic role. Yeah, you know, but like Will Smith still made it without it, so I'm sure he's fine. He got to do the pursuit yeah. of happiness, so I'm sure he's thrilled. That movie sucks. Let's move on though. Um, <laughs> A couple Hitch. others, though. Gary Oldman was considered as Morpheus at one point, as well as Samuel L. Jackson. I think that I think that it was better. That, I think Lawrence Fishburne was perfect. Actually, yeah. absolutely un- perfect. Until we turned it on last night, I thought that Samuel L. Jackson was oh, in it. Oh God! <laughs> I've never seen it, and then it was Lawrence Fishburne. I was like, oh, that's not him. So yeah. I was, I was, well. Surprised. This is, this, is my, this is my favorite one. Um, Russell Crowe turned down the role of Morpheus. And <laughs> he said, Crow. He said, I just didn't get it. I couldn't get past page 42. That world was just not interesting to me. <laughs> oh, God, Russell Crowe. 
we see admits he didn't get it you know what he under he understands or doesn't understand here's two more that i don't believe uh ewan mcgregor turned down the role of neo because he was filming star wars episode one that's also just a random choice and David Duchovny turned down the role of Neo in order to star in the X-Files movie in 1998. Great. I don't believe either of those. Great choice. I mean, if I'm Ewan McGregor, it's a, that's a no-brainer. I'd much rather be Obi-Wan Kenobi than... He probably know. didn't know at the time that the movie was going to be just widely considered terrible. I mean, I guess. You can ask... Yeah, but even if you ask me, even like, still. if I can be Obi-Wan Kenobi in three movies... In, in the, even if it's the worst three... Yeah, yeah, I would much rather do that than be yeah. in the Matrix. Um, I want to move on a little bit because there's a couple sure. random things that I kind of want to talk about. Um, the first thing is is that when he first takes Neo into like this program and, and is explaining to him like what's really going on in the world, um, he points out to him he's like, "Look at you know, look at what you look like. All your your holes are gone. Like your your hole in your head is gone. This is uh, your projection of your digital self." In theory, couldn't you look like anyone else you wanted to in right. the Matrix? Like, yeah. if, I, couldn't I, I like? S- no, go ahead. Couldn't I go into the Matrix and think like I look like Leonardo DiCaprio and I would look like him? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you can go in there and be like, and I fuck as many bitches too, and then you would, right? No, sure. Well, so what? What I was I thinking about. <laughs> I mean, a, we're going there. You guys were kind of thinking about my point on a, on a larger scale. Is like so when he's. That first time he's wearing, you know, an outfit, right? And then, you know, because Morpheus is saying, this is what, you know, you think you look like. But then, you know, when they all go back in to see the Oracle and, and, you know, at the end and stuff, you know, they're all wearing different stuff. So, you know, do they just get to think about what they want to wear? And then, you know. Or do they have to actually put the clothes on? Is that your question? Well, no, I'm just saying like. (laughs) I I don't think it's like a decision. is, Is your image of yourself frozen in a point in time or, you know, is it just whatever you want it to be? That's a good question. Because if, if I don't know. they're thinking about wearing that stuff, like, what the fuck? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> they're very big into leather. I Morpheus is like, I need this thing. I need this green, this neon green tie. That's tied too short. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was a great question. I was thinking, like, you know, who, how do they determine what exactly they look like? Well, since we're kind of on the subject... The second to last note I wrote while watching this movie, and I feel like this probably got brought up 17 years ago, so forgive me, but like, how do we even know that we're not currently in the Matrix? I, wa- oh. I wanted to get to this. I wanted to get okay. to this because one of the first notes I wrote was, how many times have you had this discussion? Well, obviously, this is, <laughs> this no, is I figured this has this, happened but, before. But yeah. For people who have seen this a million times, how many times have you had your this discussion with your friends like, do you think this is real? Like, what if we're actually in the Matrix right now? How can we it's know? It's all a sham. Um, it, it, everyone has no had idea. that conversation. Can never, you can never look at deja vu the same way. No. Um, for those of you that By the way, that's not deja vu. No, it's not. Having a black cat walk by you twice is not deja vu. Deja vu, deja vu, you need, like, a lot of time to pass. Like, weeks or months or something. And, like, something reminds you of well, something and it's, else. No, that's and it's the feeling. Is. It's the feeling that you've experienced that experience before. Exactly. Not and that goes, you've seen the same vu. cat and I was twice. Like, that's not deja vu, dude. Like that's. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's. You get it. Well, and I just wanted to point out that was my second to last note. My last note says, "My God, Keanu Reeves is irritating." 
And then I was done. Why do you want to punch him in the face? I don't know. He just has that face. Is this something he, he's, he can't do anything about it? I don't think so. Except <laughs> change his face? Yeah. So not a Keanu Reeves fan. Got it's, it. Well, and that's the thing is, like, as an actor, like, I think he's a perfectly okay-ish actor. Um, no, he's not. He's a terrible actor. Yeah, no. But that no, doesn't mean yeah. he's not entertaining. Like, John Wick is amazing, but we don't need to talk about that right now. Um, right. Speed. One the thing other I... thing is, um, so uh, this movie isn't really a kung fu movie. Um, there are a couple no, of fights. Really There's only like five fight scenes. Yeah, so that's our bad. But but you know, we made the decision to watch. This movie it, is so known. This, is this movie, movie is known for its fighting, though. Yeah, anyway, that the fight in the um, the, cor- the, the choreography is like incredible, and then the 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 bullet time stuff was, you know, it's I haven't really seen that before. So I mean, I, I think this definitely counts. Um, one thing that I wondering about is you know how they, they basically look, can load any information into their brain so he goes yes. through like you know 10 hours of combat training um at one point trinity's like you know i need to know how to fly a helicopter and it's like boom done you know why are we wasting our time with electric cars here like it's been 17 years like somebody needs to be working <laughs> on this tech you know like i wouldn't yeah but we don't you wouldn't need to go to school anymore we could just get rid of it and just be like, boop, upload, you know, complex math. Like, we don't have, like, holes in the back of our head to load shit into it, though. Yeah, but we could make those pretty easily, I think. So you want to drill holes into the back of people's skulls. If it could minimize the amount of effort I had to put in on a daily basis, absolutely. If it meant that I could do anything I freaking wanted by just taking five minutes to load the information into my brain, then I probably would, would go for it. All right, I feel you on that. You know, you could fly your own plane. You can. You want to. You want to build a house. Do it. Boom, built it. All of a sudden, you know how to how to carpentry, <laughs> like anything. But I mean, Elon Musk, get on this shit. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Drop what you're doing. Yeah, stop wasting your time on these self landing space rockets. Like, who cares about that? Um. So there's some other random things from this movie. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but there's some other random things that I I um, noticed that I, I want to bring up. Um, there's a lot more, like, holes in this movie than I remember. I don't no. know if you... I don't know if you agree. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so the first thing is... Um, uh, to fast forward a little bit, Morpheus gets captured to save Neo, and then they decide they're going to unplug him to stop the machines from getting into the city of Zion, which is the last human city. And they're about to unplug him. And Keanu Reeves is like, wait. And they're like, what? And he's like, the Oracle told me I was going to have to choose between myself and Morpheus. By the way, this is the most lines of dialogue consecutively that he's had in the entire fucking movie. Um, (laughs) And then they get into this whole like circular conversation where he's like, Morpheus saved me because he believed in something that I'm not. And he's like, but I also believe something. And they're like, what? And he's like, that I can save him. It's like, that's not like a boat. Like, so you think you can save him. That's okay. Great. Um, I don't understand what's so like, just because you believe it, like Morpheus believed that you were the one, but you weren't. So you believe that you can save him, but you like all odds are against you. So like, there's no, there's no logical connection there. And then Trinity's like, I believe, so, I believe that blah blah blah. And it's like, all right, we all believe in something. You believe, we believe. <laughs> Great, we all well, believe. 
And like the whole conversation was just so stupid. And it was like, when he delivers the final, you know, the line, he's like, I believe something too. And Tank's like, what? And he's like, I believe I can bring him back. And I'm like, okay. Like, that was like a big revelation. Like, it's just very confusing. Yeah. It is like a major, major chain of events type thing. You know, because the whole movie is, you know, this debate against like destiny and and free will. And, you know, when, when Neo goes to see the Oracle... You know, she basically, you know, tells him he'll have to choose um, and also tells him, you know, he's not the one. So, you know, Morpheus's whole thing is he always tells him, you know, the Oracle tells you exactly what you need to hear, which, you know, it's it's interesting because so Cypher, you know, played by Joe Pantoliano, uh, who's amazing, by the way. Yeah, he's great in this movie. He basically betrays them by letting Morpheus get captured. So. If he doesn't betray them, then if Morpheus doesn't get captured, then would Neo actually have to make a choice between saving Morpheus and saving himself? And yeah, then, but that's part of the fate. Right, exactly. Like, it's this whole long chain. It's like, I believe in this. Like, I believe in that. It's like, well, to be honest, like, does it really matter? Because, you know, this is all happening to basically get you to realize that you're the one. Like, if he doesn't have to go after Morpheus and then, you know, fight Agent Smith and, and all this all this stuff, and then, you know, Trinity basically tells him, you know, you can't die because the Oracle told me that I would fall in love with the One, and I love yeah. you, so you have to be the One. It's like, well, okay, then we can just work backwards from there. Like, she tried to say it, like, four times, and everyone kept cutting her off. <laughs> so By the just way, like, how is she in love with him? I, yeah, I want to say this. Like, it's been three days, tops. Maybe you know since That's he's come out. That's actually correct. Well, no, like he comes. Love knows no limits. Scott. He comes out of the. You know, he gets sucked out of the little tube, and then you know they work on him for whatever it is, like weeks, months, whatever. But you know, since he's like himself again, it's only been a handful of days. Right. That's actually incorrect. What? How, what is it, really? According to IMDb, there's like a, you see like dates somewhere. Hold on, I gotta I gotta find it. No, I can't really find it right now. Supposedly, it's been like 19 months since since the beginning of the movie. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. That makes sense, but it's like they only talk for a few minutes in the beginning. But once he takes the red pill, and they take him out of the matrix, he's like in. You know, he's like in that acupuncture thing while they like restore his muscles and his eyesight and all that. Like, I think that's when the timeline elapses. But once he's actually probably right, once he's actually ready, you know, when Dozer like opens the door and then or tank or whatever and gives him the combat training. It's only like a couple days between when that happens and then they go see the Oracle and then Morpheus gets captured and and they go save him like. Which, you know, okay, I get it. You could be like, I really like this person. But, like, you cannot know that you love someone until, like, they fart right next to you and, like, you let it go. This is coming from the guy who took six months to say I love you. So I don't think that he really has a a good view on it. That's not a long time. Like, how can you know you love someone unless, like, you know their quirks? Like, what if Neo only brushes his teeth once a day? Speaking of which, did you brush your teeth today because your breath smells so bad? I did, but thank you very much. Um, 
But that being said, we're still right next to each other because we're in love. Right. But <laughs> so much how love. Can, how can you really know you love someone until, unless like, you know, what if Neo has an annoying habit of trying to finish somebody's sentences or like he puts mayo on everything? Like you, you can't, that love can dry up real fast. I have a problem yeah. with, with movies where, you know, they think, okay, now we're in love and we're going to go live, live together forever. Look, there's there's not a lot of human beings, okay? Yeah, slim, slim pickings. pickings. Slim pickings in this post-apocalyptic world, so I get it. <laughs> I guess I guess when he lifted up his shirt and she saw those washboard abs at the beginning, she was like, up, dibs. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, that, I thought that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, that was, that was weird. So, you know, basically, they're, they're going to go try and save Morpheus now, who's held in this building. And, and that gets to, you know, the infamous lobby scene, um, which where, you know, Trinity and Neo kill like 30 SWAT team members with, you know, about 15 different guns. Why, why don't they bring clips for their guns? Like, is it easier to just shoot out the clips and throw yeah. your guns away and just grab more guns? Yeah, it saves a lot of time. I guess. And it looks like Trinity only kills like three people that entire time. Yeah, she doesn't do much. <laughs> it's like Neo's like, all right, I'll just, I'll do this. Like, a little help, please. And one question. Go. So, you know, like they know Kung Fu because they get it loaded in. And then they're super fast because they know that this isn't real. So, do you think that makes them better shots too? Because Obviously, like they, it, yeah, it's because, not like they because, shoot. If you want to be good at it, you just right. But they, it's not like they're perfect shots by any measure. So I'm wondering, like, does it just make you like a little bit better? Like, I know when I I do a cartwheel. Hold on a second. With, yeah, he's doing a fucking cartwheel while shooting an M16 one-handed, and you think he's not a perfect shot? <laughs> it doesn't look like it. He Please, shoots he like, hits all of them. I guess, but he wastes like a whole clip. I mean, there are definitely scenes where he's shooting all the tiles are exploding, like, everywhere. Like, <laughs> he's definitely not, like, one for one sniping these guys out. I guess You're so. You're so critical, my God. I just, no, I'm curious. Like, like, because he knows it's not real, like, does that make you incrementally better? Or should yeah, it make there, you... there, there is no spoon. <laughs> right. Um... There's another there's another random thing um, that I thought was funny after the subway fight scene, which is a great fight scene, by the way. Um, I mean, it's really the one of the three fight scenes in the movie. It's obviously the best one. Yeah, um, because he essentially like he essentially beats Agent Smith, um, even though he doesn't kill him because you, you can't kill him. Like he beats him to the extent that he's able to. Uh, but then when he he's running away and he grabs a cell phone from that guy and he calls Tank and he goes, Mr. Wizard. And I'm like, he's never called him that before. No yeah. one's ever called him that before. Where did that come from? <laughs> That's not his name. It was like totally random. He's like, I he remember. Just, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna give you a nickname right now. <laughs> like, it's so weird. It should have been. He should have been like Mr. Wizard. And then takes like, ooh, cool nickname. Thank you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. I it's remember like that fight. So random. The fight was big for like two things. It was, you know, the 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 little move where he like brings his hand up and like waves Smith forward. I know, like yeah, everyone in the Morpheus fight. In every fake fight, you know, from then on, everyone does that move. Yeah, um, that's true. That was also that was also adapted into a lot of other movies. Yeah, and then the the throat 
poke. I remember that it was like you know he punches him and Smith like grabs his hands and then he like flicks his hand out and like somehow does damage. Yeah, that's a weird one. Also, just going back a bit, you know, if we're talking about perfect shots, so they you know they get in this helicopter on the roof, which if this helicopter wasn't there. You know, were they planning on it being there? Because if they, not, it, it, they I, wanted I think, it to be there, so it was there. I don't think that's, that's, that's a good point. Works. Like, what was their plan to get Morpheus out if that helicopter was not there? Yeah, but but anyway, it's there. So then they bring it down and use a minigun to just rain bullets in this one little room. And yeah, and, and not Neo a is just shot hits Morpheus. He's just doing circles with the thing and kills all the agents, but but of course, you know, doesn't hit Morpheus a single time. Yeah, because because he's the one, and he's a perfect <laughs> shot because it's not real. We are we already talked about this. Why yeah. are we harping on this? I think they should make a ride like out of um, you know the part where they basically jump to catch each other, and then Trinity, you know, with a bungee, and then Trinity flies them over to a roof. Like Universal Studios should should one hundred percent make this like a ride. It well, would be the like, most dangerous like ride helicopter? in America. Like you get to jump out of a helicopter and bungee like while it's moving. Yeah, you'd have to sign a waiver. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would. Death waiver. I would sign a waiver and pay like at least eighty-two dollars to do that. No, you wouldn't. I sure would. That's no, a very you specific. No, you wouldn't. Why not? Because I wouldn't let you. Oh well, that's two different things here. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys, you guys wouldn't want to do that. You don't think that would be fun? No, I, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a height. I don't do heights. <laughs> I like heights and I like, you know, the feeling of my stomach dropping, but I also don't like dying. Yeah. Um, what else was I thinking of? Um, I have something. Go ahead. Uh, the actor who plays Tank. I don't know if you guys know about, about what's up with him. Um, if, you, if you don't remember, in the second Ooh, movie, uh, he was not in it. He's not the pilot of the Nebuchadnezzar anymore. And right. you're, like, you're like, why? Okay, so... The actor who plays him, uh, his name's Marcus Chong. He um, he got into an, an argument over his demands for uh, payment um, with Warner Brothers, and they essentially like fired him. And then he actually ended up suing uh, the makers of the Matrix for for failing to stick to their promise to cast to cast him in the the two sequels. He said that they had a verbal agreement and they signed a contract. And then they um, they essentially uh, fired him and like black effectively blackballed him from Hollywood. And I've never seen him in anything since. Well, um, wow. so I guess he wanted what do you think like too his much demand money. Was do you think he wanted to get paid in like gold bars or something? I don't he know. I, I didn't find out what the greedy. details were. Did he though? I don't know. Yeah, well, so why are you rushing to judgment? Um, another thing I thought was funny about how they never reload at all. Um, so in that subway fight, like they both, they're shooting at each other and like running and jumping. And then they're both like, you know, you're out of bullets. Um, so they separate and like Keanu Reeves throws his gun away, but agent Smith doesn't, he's just holding it. Like if he had another clip, he could have just pulled it out and killed him. I mean, maybe like, does anyone carry extra bullets in, in this, this series ever? No, because it's all fake. They can just make them. Right, like they like they could put on an outfit that I the guess. extra bolts. I mean, are just maybe there. he just really wanted to kick his ass. Um, maybe. 
But these are all like the holes, like the yeah. holes in the plot. I wish I did wish they explained like what the criteria for an exit from the matrix is. You know, so they're always like, you know, all the time when they're running, they're like, I need an exit, and they, you know, tank steers them to like a landline phone. So it's it's pretty obvious. And it's always it like an be... empty room where they're just there's just like a phone in the room. Right, but it has to be a landline phone. I get yeah. that, but is it certain landline phones right, that they've like, like unlocked? Like when Cipher when Cipher calls from the payphone, he, why can't he just exit through that payphone? Right, because they've made they've used payphones before, like in the subway exactly. they used exactly. one, Trinity twice used one. in the beginning and in the subway. So, do you think they have to be like specific lines that they've tapped? I don't know. They don't ever explain it. Yeah, that was. I mean, like, it's not a problem. It was just something I was curious about. Um, uh, Scott, why don't you um, get into? There's a there's a, a fan theory about uh, Agent Smith, um, and his his relation to this universe that I actually had never heard before until you brought it up to me the other day. So why don't you kind of yeah. kind of give us the rundown on that? Sure. So. You know, the, the theory is that Agent Smith is actually the one and Neo is not. Um, if you just Google that, you'll find like a hundred results. But here's here's basically the gist of it. Um, so in, in the beginning, Morpheus is explaining to Neo that there was a man born, he says, born in the Matrix um, that could change anything he wanted. And basically, you know, he was the one. And then the prophecy was that you know, he died, there was a prophecy that he would come back and he would, you know, end the war. So Neo was not born, like, in the Matrix. He was born in one of those farms, like, in, in a little pod. That's um, true. But Smith is part of the Matrix. So he was, in fact, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, born in the Matrix. Um, and then the Oracle basically straight up tells Neo... You're not the one. So, you know, some people say, you know, the, the real way the movie portrays it is she's just kind of telling him what he needs to hear. But, you know, another way you can interpret it is that, you know, she's just telling him you're not the one. So then the prophecy continues that the one would return to the source and reinsert them, like reload the matrix and basically, you know, end the whole thing. So, you know, in the third movie neo returns to the source um where you know they plug him in so he can do his last fight with smith um but what really happens is agent smith does that little like karate chop thing where he like takes over the person and makes a copy of himself so you know the theory is that that is smith returning to the source like through neo um so once you know smith takes over neo he's in the source and then they reload it and the whole thing, you know, shuts down and, and the movie ends and like the war ends. So, you know, the theory is that the Oracle is basically lying to everyone to unwittingly get Smith to the source through Neo by everyone like making Neo believe that he's the one. Which the first time I heard that just kind of blew my freaking mind. <laughs> um, Do you buy it? I I don't. I mean, it sounds really great, um, but you know, very unnecessarily complicated. Yeah, I think that the way the only way you can sort of get to this being fact is like, uh, 
either like a very literal translation of of the prophecy because i mean in theory like you know they say like born in the matrix like sure neo was born in like a little pod but his mind like you know he was he came up in the matrix as like a baby you know what i mean yeah so well i like this theory because i like the idea that there's like a a random fan who understands this better than the wachowskis right and that's yeah that's like assuming that they've had this secret theory for 17 years that they've never once wanted to like tell everyone you know what i mean yeah but but here's why i like this though um the wachowskis made this movie and um i think at the time and to an extent now it's like really mind-blowing but i think that they think that they're a lot smarter than they actually are um (laughs) because the aforementioned holes and stuff in the movie but then the fact that they made the next two movies, oh God. which totally ruined it, and uh, and then never also never made a good movie or anything again after that. Like everything they've made is like complete dog shit. Yeah. So I think... so I like the idea that like I I buy the idea that there is someone out there who understands their world better than them, because <laughs> I think that they just came up with this like crazy idea like what if what if dude what if the world was like a computer simulation. And we're just all like plugged into it. And like, that's a great, I I love that concept, but like the development of it and the execution of it and like, which, which manifested itself in the second and third movies, um, uh, was, was not as good as the idea itself. So, yeah, I think um, they got, I don't think, I don't think that they're as smart as they think they are. Like they came up with a great concept and then like made a really good movie out of it and then totally fucked it up. So it, it like calls into question, the very idea of it in the first place to me. Right. Like they had to, they essentially had to like come up with something to make sense for the second and third movie. And it just got, got way away from them. Right. With the architect. Yeah. All that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't believe it, but it is, it is like a fun thing. And cause yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't believe that they would have stayed silent on that for all that time. It, you know, if you're really that clever, you probably would want to, especially if you're in Hollywood, like take credit for that. Right. Um, so final thoughts on this movie. Laura, what would, what do you think? Would you recommend it? What's your chop rating? I recommend it, but as far as a chop rating, I'm not giving it any chops because I'm not calling it a kung fu movie. I think it's a great movie and a great concept, and I, I want to see the other ones, even though you're saying they're crappy. But I just, I can't, in good conscience, give it any chops because, I don't know, it's not a kung fu movie to me. I at agree. Least, at least now you can finally say you've seen The Matrix. Yeah, you know what, I will say that's been a source of anxiety for a lot of years because it's one of those movies that literally everyone's seen. And when you say you haven't seen it, you get one of those reactions like you just kicked a puppy. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so now I can say I've seen it. Um, I'm going to give it one chop for the same reasons that Laura gave it no chops. Like, just because I have to rate it, but because it's not really a kung fu movie, um, which, we is, our, which it, is our bad, I give it If we're rating it chop. on floppy disks, I'll give it four and a half floppy disks, but <laughs> zero chops. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
that uh that about wraps it up for today um be sure to follow us on twitter uh ready what is it matt ready and fight ready and fight at ready and fight uh, we are uh, ready fight one at gmail.com we're on facebook we have a facebook page if you have any comments or questions um please post them there all right yeah stay tuned next week for another mini mini episode we'll figure out something to to get matt to rant about um, yeah as minutes. i understand it you guys are out of town next weekend is that, we is are. that true so um i pretty much have carte blanche to talk about whatever i want where we can record live from fort lauderdale florida sunny fl mm-hmm. uh okay well we'll see i'll probably yeah, just, we're pro- we're probably, probably, just, not do that. I'll probably just do something on my own all right Well, that sounds good. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, guys.